Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Are we at the turning point in terms of connectivity in rural Australia? G'day, I'm Drew Radford and this is an important question as many believe that the next great jump in farm productivity is dependent upon the Internet of Things. That's hard though if Wi-Fi equipped soil sensors, tractors, watering systems etc can't connect to the Internet. A person who's been looking closely at this is Peter Waters co-chair of the Australian Broadband Advisory Committee's Agritech Expert Working Group. It's quite a title, but it's been quite a task. Hello, Peter. Hi, Drew. How are you? I'm really well, thanks, Peter. Now, Peter, by trade, for want of a better description, you're a lawyer, but I understand you grew up with dust on your boots. You're from a farming family. Well, I mainly grew up with sort of mud and um, cow manure on my boots. I grew up on the north coast of New South Wales between Kempsey and um, Lismore and come from a family that have been beef and dairy farmers for quite a while. So you have good first-hand experience in terms of the primary production side of things. You're co-chair of the Agritech Expert Working Group. What do they do and how did you get involved? Well, they were looking for somebody who had some experience in the telecommunications industry who could bring that perspective to working out what are the barriers that are holding back digital agriculture. The government working with the National Farmers Federation has set a target of $100 billion in value for Australian agriculture by 2030. And a big chunk of that will depend upon us making strides in digital agriculture in the next you know, three to five years. You've also had a recent personal experience in terms of how crucial communications networks are in terms of being consistent and constantly available because you experienced the floods earlier in this year and, and it basically knocked your local town out from what I understand. Yeah, I live in the, in the Tweed Valley and we had two one and 100 and another one, one and 500 year floods in really a month. It wasn't quite as bad as Lismore, but it was, it was bad. And most of the mobile and MBN infrastructure was taken down. The backhaul fibre was flooded out and the towers themselves were clogged with mud. And so we lost coverage for really, it was probably about seven to eight days. And you don't realise how much communications has become embedded in our lives until you try to go to the petrol station and buy some petrol and use tap and pay or go to the supermarket and use tap and pay or try to log on to find out when services are going to be restored and all of that was completely in blackout. You had to drive up to the top of a hill to get a weak signal from the Gold Coast to communicate with the outside world. Shopkeepers in town had to keep manual records of what people were buying. You couldn't get money out of ATM machines. And we felt completely cut off from the world for that period of time without the ability to use the communications networks. So, Peter, when we talk about ag tech, connectivity is one of the first words that comes into the conversation. So, for you, what's connectivity mean and and specifically why is it so important for ag tech? Well, ag tech depends upon data in two ways. You either 
have remote sensors or remote devices out in the field and you collect the data from that and you can process that data and better understand how to lay out fertiliser, how to lay out seed or what's happening with the weather impacts on your farm. So that's one use is to collect data. The other is to be able to send data, to be able to remotely instruct machines. So if you've got a remote harvester or you've got a remote irrigator, you need to be able to, to control from a central location. So for you to collect and send data, send data, you need the quality communications network to let you do that. People so often think of it as really as download speed, but upload is pretty much just as important as well then. Yes, it is. It is very much so, particularly with the more sophisticated machinery that you have in the field. And if you are, for example, trying to modulate a header on a harvester and you want to look at what's happening with a video feed, then you've got to be able to upload from that machine back to your office so that the person sitting in the office can look at the video and work out what needs to be done. That requires a bit of bandwidth, doesn't it, when you explain it like that? It does. It, it requires not just the bare connectivity, but it requires quality connectivity, consistent connectivity, and the bandwidth to do all of that. You explained that very, very well. You know, basically, you need a decent-sized pipe to get all the info through. So what are some of the common types of connectivity farming businesses are using now to meet those needs? Well, it's a mix of self-provided solutions and carrier-provided solutions. So the carrier networks are networks like the mobile network or the NBN wireless network or a satellite network. But because there are problems, as we all know, gaps in the connectivity of those networks, many producers have to self-provide. So they will deploy their own LoRaWAN or their own Bluetooth or their own Wi-Fi network on their farm to be able to, to get a more reliable and cheaper connection across their farm. That's quite a bit of infrastructure, though, I'd imagine, for some producers, Peter. It is, and it requires a level of sort of skill and constant maintenance of it as well when it is self-provided. Is that a barrier to entry, and does it discourage uptake? Well, I think we sort of need to step back first and look at what the current state of connectivity is and the problem, and then look at the solution. So when we went around and spoke to people the real problem that we found was an inconsistency of connectivity or what we called salt and pepper connectivity. So we would meet people who would have, you know, spent half a million dollars on a robot irrigator and they had coverage from a, a mobile network for half their farm so they could communicate with and instruct the irrigator as it moved across half their farm and then the irrigator would go into the black spot and if it fell over or something went wrong, it would be out of range and they wouldn't know. So they would still have to get up out of bed and go and check manually a machine that they spent $500,000 on to operate remotely and robotically. So it, it's the patchiness right down at quite a sort of local farm by farm level that's the problem. And when you have that sort of patchiness of connectivity, you might as well not have the digital agricultural device at all because what's the use if you can only use it on part of your farm and not on the rest of your farm or you can use it and your neighbour can't use a similar device. So the key issue is that salt and pepper connectivity. It's patchiness and unreliability. I imagine 
farmers are being forced more and more down the path of requiring connected devices, i.e. you're just not going to be able to buy stuff that isn't connected down the track. That's true. Um, most of our major agricultural equipment is sourced from overseas and it's loaded with digital technology, but farmers are unable to make full use of the digital technology in which they have already invested because on parts of their farm they can't use it or they can't use it at all. You can also get situations where farmers are required to install remote sensing devices, for example, to manage water, to check what is the water usage, but when they go to install the remote device on their pumps or um, at their dams, there's no coverage to actually allow for the data to be collected and sent back. That's a great illustration of the problem. So in terms of that hit and miss coverage, what are some of the solutions that you're seeing? The first place to start is that a mobile phone is not necessarily always the answer. So the fact that you can't use your mobile phone in your back paddock doesn't mean that you can't engage in digital agriculture. There are other options to solve the problem of connectivity. And while mobile networks will form an important part of the solution, there are also a range of other technologies that are now emerging. So we're going to have an environment in which there are sort of a more heterogeneous network of different technologies, which together can solve or help solve the problem of connectivity. And the best example are LEOs, low earth orbit satellites, Elon Musk's endeavor. And so they can bring a sort of new era of ubiquitous connectivity that we really haven't seen before and hasn't been achievable before with traditional terrestrial network architectures. That's a fantastic illustration. And I'd argue that uh, mobile phone consumers are suddenly becoming aware of this because the latest series of phones are starting to come out with emergency satellite SOS connectivity. So to get that out of a phone, surely you must be able to soon be able to connect farm equipment via satellite in a speedy, effective way. Yes, I think LEOs have great promise for the Internet of Things, which, of course, much of digital agricultural technology relies on IoT. There are also some terrestrial radio solutions. The existing mobile operators also have as part of their mobile networks, specialist IoT networks that have a much bigger footprint than the voice call network. That also can provide a solution to the connectivity issues. Peter, what else do you think needs to improve to ensure that farmers can make the most of ag tech? Well, it's a classic problem that the connectivity is the beginning or the baseline. But digital agriculture requires specialist skills. It requires somebody to help you understand which devices would best help on your farm. If something is broken and needs maintenance, it needs somebody nearby to help you fix it. Because, you know, if you've got a remote control on your cattle watering system, you don't want to wait four days for someone to drive 500, 600 miles to come and fix it. So you need somebody to help you with maintenance. And then as you collect all this data from the devices you've got on your property, you need somebody to help you actually analyse the data and think about how you can put that into your farming practices to get better quality and better efficiency out of your farm. 
So there are layers of skills above the connectivity. All the debate to date's been about the connectivity. We haven't even really begun to think about those layers of skill above that. And those skills need to be in our local towns, close at hand for farmers to be able to access. And I'd suggest too, Peter, those skills need to be also viewed through a similar lens that a farmer might look at an agronomist coming on board to help you. You can't be an expert in everything. And some of the language needs to be demystified and simplified and made easier so that adoption's easy to undertake, I would imagine. Yes, because, you know, the most frustrating thing about technology is when it doesn't work or when you know that you haven't quite cracked all of its functions and you're not getting the best out of it. And we all have had the frustration of never being able to navigate a user manual. What you need is the skills, professional skills nearby to really help you embed that digital device and the information it collects into your daily practices as a farmer. Peter, it's a big country. This problem of connectivity has been around for quite some time. Do you think we're closer to solving that? I think that as the recent regional telecommunications inquiry found, we are actually at a turning point, I think, in rural connectivity in Australia. The problem of connectivity has been a long-standing issue and there's been a long debate about how to fix it. But I think we've reached a point where we now have available technology that has actually been developed itself to operate in rural areas and to address connectivity problems in rural areas. And for the first time, we actually have the tools that we could address connectivity in rural Australia in a much more effective way. It's grasping those tools, finding the money, finding the sort of application to make it work. Peter, you've given us a great oversight. You've spent quite a bit of time travelling around the country looking at this issue, and it sounds like we're inching closer and closer to resolving it. Peter Waters, co-chair of the Australian Broadband Advisory Committee's Agritech Expert Working Group, thank you for taking the time and joining us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Thanks very much, Drew. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.